Just going to jump right into a scripture reading and then we'll give it some context. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the Beautiful Gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You are carrying a weapon from heaven that can change someone's life. What I have, I give to you, was Peter's response when someone came to him with need. You too can pray on the spot like that. I feel like the Lord brought me back to this message, this aspect of our church family culture and wants us to revisit this away and then also receive a fresh, you could call it anointing from his spirit to live this out. This is one of the coolest passages in the book of Acts, in, in my opinion. I love the holy confidence that the Apostles, the disciples are walking with, and what we have to see from this, though, is that these are just ordinary men. A little bit later, as these ordinary guys, just Peter, James, John, just ordinary fishermen, they are, they're not educated, they even get called idiots by the, by the Pharisees, by the religious leaders, by the so-called holy people. There's, there's this incredible passage where in the Greek, it says, how are these idiotes doing these things? It literally is where we get the word idiot. That's what the spiritual leaders think of these guys. How are these idiotes doing these things? And I love it because it's like, hey, that means I'm qualified. <laughs> that means we're all qualified. The good news is, the idea here is this is not for a select few. It's just for children followers of Jesus. What do they say? What I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. So if you have the name of Jesus, if you're wrapped in the righteousness of Jesus, if your identity is that you're a child of God, you are these people in the name of Jesus. Here's what I've got. 
God's going to do something for you today. It's a holy confidence. I love it. Because it's like, man, if an idiotes can do this, then, then why not me? And that is supposed to be the message. That's supposed to be the point of the book of Acts. It's that it was first in Jesus. And there's a little bit of a danger with that because we're like, oh, well, he was God incarnate, so he's kind of cheating. And if it stopped there, maybe you're right. Except for the fact that Jesus says, in the way that the Father sent me, now I send you. And you're going to do the same, thing I, same things I did, except even greater. I mean, they, you know, <laughs> unless Jesus said it, I wouldn't dare say those things. But he's trying to say, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will have power to do what I was doing, to advance the kingdom like I was advancing the kingdom, to give people those tastes of God right where they're at in their greatest need. And I want to encourage us this morning that there is a weapon, a blessing that you are carrying that God is desiring to increase all of us in boldness to simply pray on the spot. To simply look for those opportunities where where can I pray right now? And that that's part of our culture. That's part of who we are as a church. That's part, part of what we've always been, honestly, surprisingly, because that was not my forte growing up. So that's like a genuine work of the Holy Spirit to, to grow us as a people that actually believes that when we pray, something is going to happen. When we pray, it's not just a little Christian thing to do. It's not just nice little words. Or it's not just the, you know, you hear about something go on on, oh, hey, brother, I'll pray for you. Are you saying that in the ongoing, continuous, present tense? Because <laughs> very few people fulfill that one. So let's just be honest, let's be authentic, and let's just pray on the spot right now. Oh, you've got a need? You've got something you care about? Well, God cares too. Let's pray. And that's why we say every single week, yeah, you can come forward for prayer. And there's something special about that. That is awesome. That is good. That is powerful. But we also say it's out here among all of us. So hang out, talk together, hear each other's needs. What are the cares of life? And pray for each other out there. That's, that, we just want that to become more and more normal. Not weird, but normal. That when we hear about something going on, if it matters to you, it matters to God. If you care about it, then I'm hearing it. I'm stop. Hey, let's pray about that right now. And we have this incredible example in the Bible. All over, really. But as, as we get into this post-resurrection Jesus where he's passed out the Holy Spirit to say, hey, here's the power source for you to be doing the same kind of things I was doing. Prayer is absolutely central in that. Acts 4.31, it says, when the church was together and they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. That's tangible. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, it says. What's cool about that, they were already all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they prayed, and they got more filled with the Holy Spirit. So, you know, noodle on that one for a little bit. <laughs> they were already filled. They prayed. They get more filled. What's that mean? Their cups overflowing. They got something good to pass out to the world around them. Because when you're more filled, you start to overflow. So when someone has a need, you say, hey, let me pray for that. And you pray, and boom, something happens. And that's what God's word says is our privilege as children of God. This is not an arrogance. This is a holy confidence if you believe who you are in God's sight as God's child with the blessings that Jesus says you have already yours, not earned, freely given as a child. And there's such a beautiful opportunity right now. Part of what 
I felt like God was saying, come back to this message. If you've been with us for a while, this is not new. But there's a lot of new people. So let's, let's you know, as a family, we're growing together. But there's a huge opportunity right now, not only within the church, but outside the church. So many people are hurting right now, are hungry for God. Maybe they don't know it, but hurting and hungry for God. And so I want to challenge us that I believe this is a, it's a risk-taking way, but in some ways it's an easy way where you're just listening for people's needs. And say, can I, can I just say a prayer for that? You know, can I pray about that for you right now? Can we pray right now for that? Would it be okay if I prayed for you? That's, that's kind of like, honestly, that's like my line. You know, as I hear something, I'm like, hey, you know, can could I, could I pray about, or I'll pray about that for you. You know, it's kind of like, it's, it's, a, it's not incredibly invasive. Someone shares something that's hard, man, that's tough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray about that for you. They're like, oh, thank you. Hey, can we do that right now real quick? Gotcha. <laughs> you know, like, but honestly, but in like a, you know, they already said that, if, you know, if they say, no thanks, don't pray for me. Oh, okay, cool. But if I say, hey, I'm going to pray about that for you. And they say, hey. Or they say, that sounds great. Or thank you very much. Can I, can I, can I do that right, real quick right now? And it's just a very kind of relational way of just getting in that spot. And here's where the conviction comes. It's like, man, if we could just get people into prayer, God can do something. And it's like, that's, like that, that's the little portal of heaven right there. That's the little, that's what Jesus is talking about. You know, like, what does he say in, in, Matthew, in, in Mark 11? It's wild. It's absolutely bonkers. He says, Therefore, I tell you, Mark eleven twenty two to 24, whatever you ask in prayer, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. Whatever you ask. Now, we're all on a journey, and we're all in, in, in process. We're growing. We're learning. And so we don't beat ourselves up. Like my wife said, we don't beat ourselves up because we're not there yet, or we, or we struggle with doubt when we pray. Hey, there's a guy who got a miracle of his son being healed when he said to Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. And that was enough, you know. So we're not going to beat ourselves up along the way. These are promises we want to move towards. And a very clear promise is Jesus wants you to know when you pray for other people, something is going to happen. And, and, and to have that faith to where we're looking for those opportunities is kind of like, if I could just get to pray. If I could just get to, to pray with them. Whew, that's like the portal of heaven opens and God moves and God does something special in lives. And it can look like a lot of different things. I mean, there's the, the fruit of the Spirit is one of the greatest you know, markers of God moving in prayer. If you think about how Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. That's hard to come by in our world. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, you can, you can go into a prayer, someone's discouraged they're feeling like just giving up on life, like the battles are too big, like the obstacles are, are overcoming them. And, and something absolutely heavenly takes place in a prayer where someone gets encouraged. Someone has hope again. Someone's willing to fight another day. Someone has love restored. Someone is given peace in the midst of the storm. All these things, these are good gifts from God and more. I mean, we saw Charles give a testimony last week of, I mean, I hate, you know, I mean, I hate. I cautioned to use the word miracle. He used it. I'm going to jump on it. The doctor said, your blood says you have cancer. It's irreversible. You're going downhill. And he went back and the doctor said, you don't have cancer. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's like, 
I like when the doctors say they don't have anything to say. Because <laughs> that's rare, right? But it's just glory to God. It's not because we're trying to make people look bad. It's just glory to God. A simple prayer. God moves. It can look like a thousand different things. Let's just take a few minutes here and dig into some of the things that can give us, I would call them holy confidence builders, to just pray on the spot. Look for those opportunities. The first one I want to look at here is, is a, a, a couple verses together that just root us in the nature and character of God. This is why we have a confidence to pray, period. Luke 12, 32. Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's one of those verses that should be meditated upon, should be looked up in every possible translation. This should be one of those where you get your coffee in the morning and you just get some quiet time and don't let anybody disturb you and stay there as long as you can. Just a what? is this this is the heart of God I mean if you do this I challenge you do this come to God try to have like a blank slate imagine a, a clean canvas if you're an artist pretend you know absolutely nothing about God you're a you're a you're a innocent child coming before God with with the the canvas of your heart ready to be painted by truth not by lies of the enemy, not by the errors and shortcomings of people, not by the hurts that have been done to you by imperfect people, not by the, the way that the world has let you down. None of that informing your picture of God. And let Jesus say this over that canvas of your heart. As you look upon life and its challenges, and you hear him say, don't be afraid, my, my family. It makes God happy. It brings God pleasure to give you everything good that he has. But Jesus said that in the context of them, as normal people, stressed out about life. This is the, very, this is the climax of, of the very famous passage about people stressing out, the disciples in particular, stressing out about what are they going to eat? What are they going to drink? What are they going to wear? Where is their provision going to come from? I mean, that's kind of like the, the, the most kind of basic, almost even survival questions of life. Am I going to make it? Am I going to even make it? And that's where Jesus talks about don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself, all those kind of things. But here, here is the, the root of it all, the foundation of it all. Why we could possibly not be terrified with that question of, am I even going to make it? And Jesus says, there's one reason I want you to sink the roots of your faith into. You have a good Father in heaven, and it makes him happy to give you everything good that he has. That's why we pray. That, it, that will motivate you to pray for yourself and others more than anything else. At least that's, that's what we found. Nothing in the world will motivate you to trust that something good is going to happen when I pray. 
for myself on the spot, for a fellow brother or sister on the spot, or for someone out there in the world who is hurting and hungry for God on the spot. Why? Because right here, because we have a good father who delights, finds pleasure in, makes him happy to give good gifts to an undeserving world. Matthew 7, 7 to 11 kind of expands on that a little bit. And think about what Jesus is doing here as he's talking about prayer. He is coming against typical ideas of who God is. He is trying to repaint the canvas of their hearts. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Is that how we come to prayer? With that kind of holy confidence? Jesus, repaint the canvas of our hearts. Everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks, find. To the one who knocks, it will be opened. Because which one of you, if a child asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? It's another one of those just to soak in as Jesus takes one of the most relatable feelings on the planet, which is the goodness of a parent. A parent that has that natural, God-given desire, impulse to take care of their kids. When they're hungry, you feed them. That's just boom. And you'll go to great lengths to feed them, to take care of them, to work long hours, to do things, to take care of them. And just it's like very natural, primal, God-given instinct. You want to bless them. You want to take care of them. And Jesus says, as natural as that is for you, compared to the goodness of our Heavenly Father, you're evil. (laughs) So let's, he's doing a greater than comparison. So as easy as that comes for you, and God is so much greater. He's our perfect Heavenly Father. He loves to give good gifts to those who ask. So if you can relate in any way to caring about children, that's what God is like, except infinitely better. And that's how he feels about you when you ask in prayer. Those kind of things, when the Spirit of God makes that real to you, prayer becomes exciting. Prayer becomes a possibility. Prayer becomes that portal of heaven that, man, I need in my life. I can do it on my own strength, or I can stop on the spot and pray, and wow, heaven can change my reality. A second one here. It's all very connected. We can be armed with a holy confidence when we know that if you care about it, God cares about it. That's flowing right in that same passage of Luke 12, 32 and Matthew 7, but there's another one, 1 Peter, who, by the way, is that guy who prayed, what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus. Walk. He's also the guy that betrayed Jesus multiple times. He's also the idiote that became a powerful conduit of heaven. And in his book, he writes, cast all your cares upon God because 
he cares. It's so simple. We can come to God in prayer on our own behalf and pray on the spot. We can come to God in prayer on others' behalf and pray on the spot with nothing more than this simple picture of cast those cares upon God because he cares. Or in other words, if you care, he cares. Or in other words, nothing in your life is too small that God doesn't care about it. That's a shocking level of goodness. It's so simple. I mean, in the, in the Gospels, Jesus is constantly praying for people and addressing heart issues that, you know, today's kind of Pharisee Christians might say, oh, well, that's not very spiritual. I mean, Jesus is talking about God over and over meeting basic needs. Food, drink, clothes, survival. And he uses those very basic cares, basic anxieties, those things that stress us out on a day-to-day basis. Jesus uses those little everyday things that some people might say, oh, well, that's not spiritual enough. Let's go deep with the Lord. And Jesus uses those very things to say, this is what the heart of the Father is like. So if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. It can become very, very simple. If you care about it, God cares. Now, that's not always to say the solution that you think is the solution is the solution. (laughs) Because there's other aspects where God says if you need wisdom, then ask and he'll give you wisdom. So what you think is the right answer is not always the right answer. But the heart of it is if you care and you're concerned and it matters to you, then we have a heavenly father who's the best imaginable parent greater than any parent on this earth and any inkling that any parent has on this earth to do good for their kids or grandkids or just kids in general, that pales in comparison to how good God is in in caring about every single one of the little nitty-gritty things going on in our life. And that can give us a holy confidence that when we hear about things, hey, God cares, let's pray. Can we pray about that? God loves to reveal his nature in answering prayers that we care about. That's what Jesus is saying. Fear not, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure. It makes him happy to give you these good gifts that are on your heart as anxious burdens. So a third thing here to encourage us with some holy confidence to pray on the spot. It's already been said, but Jesus, I want to reiterate because it's an incredible passage where Jesus says in John 20, 21, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Or as 2 Corinthians 5.20 uses the same idea with slightly different language, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. You get to represent Christ who represented the Father. So you are, in prayer, a conduit of God's heart. You are an ambassador of God's heart. So in prayer, when we're looking for those opportunities to pray on the spot, we can simply ask, what is your heart for this person, Father? 
And how can I pass it on right now in prayer? So flowing from the, ha- the Father's heart, the Jesus modeled of this radical, undeserved goodness. We want to look for people. We want to look to pray for people with just shocking kindness. Simple prayers of shocking kindness are one of the best ways to represent the heart of the Father. I mean, that's what Jesus is doing over and over. He's shocking people with goodness. He's shocking people with kindness. That ruffle all the religious leaders' feathers and say, what? Like, how is God can't do that or God wouldn't do that? And Jesus sticks, sticks to his guns the whole time and says, I am showing you the heart of the Father for the whole world that he loves. So one way we like to say it is you really can't go wrong in prayer if you drop a love bomb. If they feel the compassion of God, you've done a good job. Mark 141 says Jesus was moved with compassion, and that's very instructive. It's one of the first things in the Gospels of Mark that say to motivate Jesus' compassion, compassion, and we see it a lot throughout the Gospels. He was moved with compassion. As he looked upon the crowd, it says he was moved with compassion, for they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. But let's be honest, it's a crowd, which means it's a big group of sinners who've done all sorts of bad things, have done all sorts of wrong things. And what is Jesus' lens on them as he's representing the heart of the Father? The gospel writer wants us to see the, the, the lens that the Father has through Jesus is compassion. Yes, he knows we're sinners. That's why he's come to die. So he can take care of the justice of God. So as the Bible says, justice and mercy kiss in, in the Savior. Because he wants to show mercy. That's why he said, I have not come in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world, to show mercy. That's why he says, mercy triumphs over judgment. Most people already feel plenty judged and condemned. They don't need our help. They need to know the kindness of a father who would look out at a sinful crowd and see them as harassed and helpless, a sheep without a shepherd. They need to know the kindness of God who wants to answer prayers. They need to know the God who delights to give them his kingdom. The God who it makes happy to provide those simple basic things of life and everything else all into eternity. So if we drop a love bomb, we're doing pretty good. He's shockingly kind to us. And he wants, that, he wants us to pass on that shocking kindness to others in prayer. One additional aspect of that is when we are listening, when we're listening to people and we're hearing the needs, the concerns, the cares, that's a great opportunity to affirm as well what God is already doing in their life. Because God's at work. We sang it today. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Well, that's our faith and trust for every person on the planet. I mean, what did Jesus say? The harvest is plentiful. It's the workers that are few. What does that mean? The Spirit of God is out there working, working on and working in everyone, drawing them to him. And so when we come, we're partnering with God for what he's already doing in their life. 
So in prayer, we're listening. What are those needs and where do those needs match up with where God wants to break through and who God is and with where God's already working so we can bless. Thank you, God, that you're doing this. Thank you that you've given them this hope. Thank you that you've given them this passion, this dream, this creative desire. Oh, that reflects you to the world in such a beautiful way, God. Bless that. So anytime we can come and we hear something, and that's oftentimes people, they're expressing both a dream, a desire, and an anxiety all at the same time. Because that's how we are as humans. That's how God has wired us. We all have creative purpose. And if we don't find that purpose, we're not living in that purpose, we're often very bored or anxious or depressed. And so hearing people, one of the most common things that's happening is what's stirring in them is they want to fulfill their creative purpose. But there's obstacles in the way. And so they need God to provide and they need God to bless that creative purpose. And they need to know that that's how God is working in their life. Oftentimes people need to know that affirmation that this is who God is. This is how God's wired you, created you, given you purpose. And man, it's a beautiful reflection of God when you live this out in the world. Every person on the planet bears the image of God. Made with gifts and passions to reflect God's heart. So we want to look for those things. We want to bless them. We want to bless what God is doing in them. Because that, that's one massive way God is God draws people to himself is to show them the purpose for which they're created and to show them the reality that they will never fully live it out until they are connected to the vine, until they are abiding in the vine. Because as Jesus said, apart from him, we can do nothing of that lasting kingdom fruit, that lasting impact. couple more and we'll close our time here. A confidence builder as we're looking to pray on the spot for others. Jesus has this (laughs) crazy idea. I already said it. Mark 11, 22 to 24. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, this is Jesus talking, believe you have received it and it will be yours. If you're writing in the lift notes, you could say that Jesus says, this is his idea, not mine, you have authority from Jesus to pray boldly. I mean, this verse is a wild one that when you come across these kind of verses in God's word, my encouragement is don't set them aside or on the shelf or hit the delete button just because they're too good for currently true in your life. See them as promises of who God wants to be in your life, and talking about creative purpose, who you're made to be in God, but you're on a journey of discipleship. No one's arrived yet. No one's Jesus yet. But Jesus has the good news that until the day we die and join him in glory, that we are going to be transformed, to be more like him, from one degree of glory to another. So these verses like this that seem wild, okay, Jesus, whatever I ask in prayer, I, re- I believe I received it, and, I've, and it's mine? Yes. That's good news to wake up to in the morning that God's not done with you yet. <laughs> he wants this to become more of your reality. 
as you follow him, as you walk with him, as you trust in his promises, as you believe that you have authority from him to, through prayer to agree with what God's will is, to declare it on earth, and it somehow does work. It releases more of heaven's goodness on earth. And if that sounds blasphemous, what's the Lord's prayer? That's the bad part. It's not the Lord's prayer. It's the disciples' prayer. Jesus taught us to pray by declaring in the imperative, your kingdom come on earth as it already is in heaven. You have the authority given by Jesus, taught by Jesus, to make declarations. The Greek is an imperative tense. Declare heaven coming to earth. That's your job. <laughs> Jesus said it. If he didn't say it, I wouldn't say it because this stuff's crazy. <laughs> like, but we're not followers of me because I'm an idiotes. We're followers of Jesus. And he said, here's how you pray. You take an authoritative imperative and you declare more of heaven on earth. Anywhere it needs to happen, that's your job. That builds confidence when you start to believe it, that that's Jesus' idea, not ours. But it's a journey. And just because it hasn't happened in the ways you want it to doesn't mean he's wrong. It means you're still on a journey. And that's where the community comes in. That's where testimonies come in. Charles gave a testimony of prayer. That was awesome last week. That should encourage us. Because sometimes when you pray for cancer, it doesn't go away. And that's like, what do you do with that? Or you pray for this or that, and it hasn't happened. And then those testimonies come where it's like, oh, yeah, just a quick little prayer here. And bam, lupus, gone. You know, arthritis, gone. Cancer, gone. Maloma, gone. Glaucoma, gone. It's like, dude, that was a good 10 minutes at your house. You know? That's why we need the community. That's why we don't do this alone. Because when you do pray alone and something doesn't happen in the way that you're hungry for, asking, seeking, knocking, you need those others to come around you and encourage you. Maybe they need to pray for you just to keep fighting the good fight. One of the fruit of the Spirit is perseverance, which means you don't give up even when it doesn't happen because the Spirit of God has given you faith that just because it doesn't, hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not God's will and doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I'm going to keep praying until it does. That's more the biblical perspective than the, oops, gave it a try. Guess God doesn't care. Number five, lastly, and let's pray and we'll be done here. God wants to empower your boldness. Acts 4, 29 to 31. Lord, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. This is a prayer. Let me give a little context. <laughs> they had just been arrested for preaching the name of Jesus. They just got released, and they went back, and they had a prayer and worship night. Praising God, it says, that they had been counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. And after being so bold to defy the authorities in preaching the name of Jesus and getting imprisoned for it and released but warned, don't you ever say the name of Jesus again. It's messing us up. <laughs> These prayers where you're healing people and setting people free and, and all this you know, beautiful good fruit that you're producing, it's really like you know, kind of taking away our power. <laughs> so don't you do that. And they went back. And even though they had been ridiculously bold, what's their prayer? Their prayer is, 
God give us more boldness. And so I take that as if they need to pray for that, I need to pray for that. But and this is not, you know, beat yourself up. This is when you pray for that, God will answer your prayer. So part of praying on the spot, this is where the rubber hits the road. But that's scary. You're right. It is. It can be. But when the boldness of the Holy Spirit helps you say those first words, you can do it. And so they prayed. They prayed for the challenge they face. We need more boldness. And so if you feel that, the challenge of just praying on the spot for someone in here, in your family, out there, then you're in good company. Pray for more boldness. This was their prayer. Now, Lord, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They were already filled with the Spirit, and they had already spoken very boldly. <laughs> they had already healed a man lame from birth, and they were all, that's, <laughs> that is being filled with the Spirit. And they already spoke boldly enough, willing to go to prison to preach the name of Jesus. Yet, as humble followers of Jesus, they said, more, Lord. More of both. More filled with the Spirit, God. We want to be more bold for you. And that enabled them to pray on the spot and show others the heart of our good Heavenly Father. Let's pray right now that we would grow in boldness and being filled with the Spirit. I want to um, encourage us with something that I felt like that I was really feeling from the Spirit. Um, it was a few weeks ago, um, and I really felt like it's also an anointing that is going to be over this church, and we actually didn't talk about it, and then you just did a message on it. I, when you, you, did, you copied me. Yeah, I copied you. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't tell him about this, but I just felt the, um, will you actually share what the definition of euangelion is? Share good news. Yeah. So, euangelion, evangelism is share good news. And in our nation, evangelism, um, it's, it was very twisted by the enemy into a condemnation. You're going to hell. That's right? Oh, that's good news. Let's go, <laughs> let's go tell the children of God that they stink and they're going to hell. Instead of they have a loving, amazing Savior who wants to wrap them up in his love and goodness and paid all the price and adores them, and they are cherished and beloved, and he cares about every single need, and boom, let me show you how he cares about you. He wants to meet you right here, right now. Um, so I felt the Holy Spirit's fire on the evangelism through doing exactly what Casey was saying today, and there's, there's a risk there. There's a faith. There's a risk. And, you know, when we're inside of our comfy walls here in the church, there's really not that risk. But there is something where when you step out in that risk, the Holy Spirit really comes and meets you with fire. 
And so I just want to encourage us to be stepping out in that risk and to bring the true euangelion. This is evangelism. God cares about you to bring the heart of God. You know, the, so many people, they just feel condemned by God. They don't want to go to church because they're not perfect. Guess what? Neither am I. I'm so messed up. I need Jesus every day. He's so good. <laughs> and you're, you're just as, and, and they're just as qualified as you are. The blood of Jesus covers it all. We are dearly beloved. We are so precious to him. Um, but yeah, I just want to encourage us to be listening to the Holy Spirit, to step out in risk, even if you're scared. I saw this lady, I actually didn't have enough time, but I felt the fire of God on it. I was literally going to be late to pick up my son, and we had to get to like a deadline. What was it when I picked up? I don't even remember what it was, but it was literally like this time crunch, and we couldn't miss it. Um, and, uh, and I remember I saw this lady walking into the store where I was picking Daniel up, hoping I would have a minute. And I was like, oh, Lord, after I get Daniel, let her be there. Because she was limping. She had a walker. And I was going to go get her. I mean, going to go. I just, I felt, I felt this fire lit. Go bring the heart of God. And don't be afraid. If it doesn't happen, so what? Sure try and try again. Go again. But you shared, you shared love, exactly. It's basically, hey, beautiful, wonderful child of God, you are precious and adored. Can I pray for you for healing? He wants you healed. This isn't from God. This is the enemy, and he wants to heal you. Jesus was no friend of sickness. He never said, oh, you know what, I'm not going to heal that because that's a good gift from God to teach you some lessons. He said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I come to bring life and abundant life. So, and we partner with him so that we can see the fullness of that birth in every single life. Um, anyways, so just an encouragement that there is going to be fire on that risk as you step out. All right, let's pray. We want to encourage everyone just to uh, take that just receiving posture if your heart is stirred up as you're hearing this this morning and seeing these different aspects of God's character and nature, the good, good news from Jesus about how he invites us to be that conduit of heaven and conduit of the Father's heart to pray for others on the spot. Let's, uh, let's just receive that together in greater measure today. Holy Spirit, we ask, Lord, just as your, your people prayed in the book of Acts, just more, Lord. We, we ask for more of your Holy Spirit. We ask for more boldness. We ask that you would help us to take those risks when we feel it in our belly. We pray you would move us with compassion so that we can see people as the harassed and helpless sheep like the Father does, and that's how you see us too. It's not in a better than way. It's in that's all of us just need God. Thank you that you are the solution, God. Thank you that you want to bring more of heaven to transform every single situation in life and that there's nothing going on in any life, in our life, in our family's life, in lives that we'll encounter out there. There's nothing too small that you don't care about. You told us to cast all our cares on you because you care. Lord, we pray that you would be filling us 
with the heart of the Father. To see others as you see them. To trust your promises that you have given us authority to pray. And give us boldness. Give us more of your spirit. So that as we pray, Lord, your, your goodness, heaven transforms everywhere needed. Make us a people that prays on the spot. Yeah, make us a people that prays on the spot. Yeah. Just to declare your heart that you care. God cares. God cares about you. And thank you that we can trust that as we pray that there is an opening up of heaven wherever two or more gathered in my name I will be there there is like a heavenly portal over us and we can expect a clash of kingdoms where the kingdom of the enemy is being defeated while yours your kingdom the kingdom of God rises up and is burst solidly and tangibly and multiplies on earth. God, make us people who are risk takers, who are game changers, that we don't go, oh, I guess we're losing. Oh, well. But we step in, we look in your eyes, we get the game plan, and we are game changers. We change destinies. We change what is already in motion by your kingdom coming in. But God, nothing is impossible. Yeah, and we say to everything that this story, that how it is written now is not the story, but God. But God, he comes in. He makes a way. He parts the Red Sea. The Israelites had no idea that then when they were standing there looking at a sea they were going to drown in with an army at their backs that was going to kill them, that you were going to open the sea and they were going to walk on dry ground and then that sea was going to engulf their enemies behind them. We just thank you. You are Abba Father. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are a healer. You are a provider. You are the Lord Almighty. We worship you in every circumstance. We worship you over all of the hearts of the sheep out in our communities and our world who need you. And we worship you in advance that as we go out and bring the euangelion, that we, as we go out and we bring the good news, that there is going to be a harvest of fish, your fish, fishers, we will be fishers of men. There will be a harvest of fish like we have never seen. And joy and dancing as more and more are adding, added into your kingdom each day. And those who are lost are brought back home. In Jesus' name. Amen. I will sing a new song. I will sing a new song.